Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Herbert Smith Freehills Private Wealth and Charity Podcast. I'm Julia Bihari, I'm an associate in our dispute resolution team, and I'm here with Richard Norwich, who is a partner in this team, and Mark Adair, whom we've been talking to recently about his career in music and law. Uh, Mark is also an associate in our team. In this episode, we will continue talking to Mark about his career, which is an intersection of music and law. Let's talk a bit more about the the Premier League music that we heard earlier Mm. on, which is obviously something which would have exposure to literally millions of people mm. around the world because the Premier League, uh, as many people know, is I think probably the most watched sports league in the world from through broadcast media uh, and also hundreds of thousands of people in the stadiums uh, mm. over the course of a whole season. How did that come about? Um, so by that point I was working in-house at a music production company and I worked there for a few years and when, when you're sort of working on that sort of level of project you're sort of usually working with an agency it's a big job for them it's a big job for the brand and they will pitch the work out to a few different companies and we in turn will produce some demos uh, from myself from other composers and uh, to sort of give a bit of a an idea to the client of what we're thinking these days that usually means producing something <laughs> almost to its sort of final result and final quality because you can do that these days mm. without too much trouble and that's what people do so that's what you're competing against I think we sort of sent through a round of a few different tracks that we'd come up with one of mine included and we worked with the client a bit and they were sort of half bought into it but sort of not completely sold and I kind of got the impression that we were sort of losing them slightly. They, none of these tracks were quite doing it for them. So I sort of just sort of stayed at the studio one night and just basically bashed out something new. And I think by that point, it was helped by the fact that we'd gone through a whole process with the clients, uh, worked on some tracks and had a, had a much clearer idea then of exactly what they were trying to achieve. You know, something anthemic, something sort of that would work in stadiums and, you know, be sort of almost sort of evoke that essence of, of, of a crowd sort of cheering and uh, along and uh, something that would sort of be rousing and have, you know, uh, sort of a real emotion to it, not rile people up, but, you know, get them sort of G'd up for a game um, and, and have... So you, that's all we had to do, just sort of <laughs> combine all of that and sort of create a track which sort of which did that, ticked all the boxes and had sign-off from everyone at, at every level. So when you were first approached and asked to come up with some music with this this I suppose snippet almost it's almost not quite long enough for a song is it it's it's a minute minute or two minutes something like that in in various different forms but do do you get quite tight guidelines in terms of what they're trying to achieve or is that that developed through the creative process you you do get sort of they've probably got a better idea than they can articulate so sometimes it's about taking what they've told you and having a conversation with them and trying to sort of extract exactly what they want um, from what they're trying to tell you because uh, it's quite often difficult to to describe the music that you want without it having you know been written before mm. again they'll have they'll they'll have tracks that they've been listening to that they like that they think could work and mm. you may come up with some sort of uh, initial ideas of, of, of styles of music that that you think could work as well so and then it may be that you just don't sort of hit the mark straight away. Um, even even after those conversations, you may not feel that, that you've hit it, but, but there are deadlines as well involved. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, you've got to sort of got to submit something, and mm. um, and you sort of go for it and take it from there. Do you feel 
pressure in the process, thinking that you know, tens of thousands of people every week will hear this at the stadium, or particularly for the overseas broadcasts of the Premier League, they'll yeah. hear this, and people who watch the Fancy League videos, they'll hear it. So it's <laughs> and it's kind of locked in time, isn't it? Yeah, Where it, 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 it is fixed, and that's what people are now using. Yeah, um, probably at the time you don't think too much about that. You th- mm. You're thinking more about the pressure of winning the job, <laughs> <laughs> getting paid, frankly. <laughs> but I think um, I think afterwards, you think you know it's a big job, and you know yeah. that it's going to have sort of a you know be heard by a lot of people. But that doesn't really cross your mind during the process of actually creating it. I think you're aware that it's going to it's going to take a lot to get buying from the client because mm. you know for them to actually finally get around to being like yes this is it this mm. is what we're going with we're going to use this mm. you know that it's going to have to be good it's going to have to get to a point where a lot of people think that it's good and it's right mm. so i don't think there's any sort of worry that you're going to produce some sort of dross and it sort of just randomly end up in in use in mm. that context <laughs> On other occasions, maybe, but you know, uh, yeah, I think on this one. So, so after that, that late night in <coughs> Shoreditch or in your home studio, <laughs> whatever it happened to be, did, did you think I've nailed it? Uh, yeah, I, had, I was pretty confident actually. Yeah. I, after I produced this new one, I thought, yeah, I think I've, I've cracked this, and I sent it. And I, I said, look, I know we've not been getting anywhere with this this previous stuff. Mm. I thought I'd have, you know, chance it one last time, something completely new. I think this really gets us to, to what we've been talking about and where we're going. Mm. And almost immediately, you got a yes. So from the director, that's working on the project. So. And when you listen to it now, how many years on are we from when oh, you A first... few years, wasn't it? It was, it was, I think it was 2015, maybe. So here we are, so, after kind of yeah. four years on. Yeah. Did, did, what, what feelings does it evoke when you listen to it? Well, must have got something right because they're still using it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think they'll done. Obviously, they don't like to do big refreshes and rebrands too often. Mm. Otherwise, sort of, you lose that brand identity. Uh, but what? Do I, yeah, no, I, I do feel proud. It was one of my last jobs I did before uh, I started uh, my my studies and training contract. In fact, I think I had started studying for the GDL uh, while that was going on. So, um, uh, so a little yeah. bit of legal influence in there, then, Mark. Yeah, maybe that was it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what caused you to to, to nail it. Yeah. Um, and as you mentioned, so obviously you, you then did the the law qualification, hmm. uh, did a training contract here, and now you're you're in our department. What what do you take from your former life, so to speak, into your current life, or are they just worlds apart? No, I think I think there's quite a lot that I sort of take from it. Probably one of the main things is perhaps some sort of client relationship management, mm. and uh, you know it can be sort of on an internal and external basis. Uh, certainly from well in both when I was freelancing and working in-house I had a huge amount of sort of obviously client contact you're sort of developing relationships and meeting expectations and and trying to um, effectively get the best result for the client which is also the best result for you producing the best work and so on so you have a lot of parallels with the, with the legal world in terms of uh, you know tight deadlines and and demanding not overly demanding obviously yes. but you know demanding sort of clients who want the best for their business and and yeah it's um you, you learn a lot through sort of uh, working with people and managing those relationships i think so yeah in the sort of film and tv world your main clients would be directors so you'd sort of build relationships over time so you might start off writing a 
a short film score for free with someone and then that sort of hopefully develop and they become you know sort of bigger and better and go on to bigger and greater things and um, hope that they continue wanting to work with you and and that's sort of based on producing sort of work that they enjoy uh, sort of incorporating into their films and sort of of a quality and sort of on, on a personal level as well they sort of have to be able to work with you under some quite sort of you know pressured situations mm. and again you can sort of draw parallels you know sort of the client relationships that we try and build over time of sort of we're all people you know we're sort of trying to build relationships with clients that sort of on a if not a personal level but on a sort of a, a, a professional level relationships where we sort of work well with our clients and and again clients that want to keep working with us will presumably want to keep working with us because of the quality of the work and the results on an ongoing sort of basis over a number of years and that's not much different from when mm. I was working in music. Do you find you still have a creative outlet in the sense that your, <laughs> your, your work before is all about yeah. effectively creating from scratch, isn't it? Yeah. You, you, you get a few bullet points <clears throat> or a bit of a brief and you can let your creativity run free. Yeah. It, do, do you see any outlet for that in your current job? Very, yeah, very much. I think the coalface of the work is, is drafting. So, um, yes, of course, you work to precedence and everything, but every... every Situations and scenario that we work on is very different. So you're sort of drawing on a lot of um, different sort of options that you're having to keep in mind for clients, in terms of be that sort of causes of action or sort of approaches or strategies as, as to you know within our world of sort of dispute resolution. There are things like alternative dispute resolution and and litigation, and it's sort of there's a lot of strands you can draw on when you're sort of approaching a dispute. So. Uh, I suppose thinking about that, you can think about that creatively and sort of think about the the options for a client on a strategic level creatively. And then when you're actually drafting and sort of making choices within drafting about sort of what to place emphasis on within, you know, be that in a witness statement or uh, within pleadings or so on, then or within correspondence about sort of the tone that you take, it exercises the same parts of the brain where you're making nuanced decisions about sort of do I want this to sound you know on a very basic level a bit more sad or a bit more happy in terms of the music you know uh, you may want a letter it's like well do we want to be sort of you know take a sort of softer approach based on our clients requirements because they really do want to settle they don't want us to blow up into some sort of big thing because of PR reasons or otherwise and don't want it to take up much of their time so uh, so you're constantly having to think about how you approach the dialogue between you and and the other side so yeah, I think you sort of you do have a lot of creativity if you can mm. call it that within those types of decisions it's all sort of it's all a sort of a decision making process and making the right choices at the right time for your clients uh, and I think that's that's not far different to, to when you're composing. The other thing which struck me as interesting from what you're saying before is this idea that you're working with lots of creative people who have different perspectives, I suppose, on what you're doing mm. and, and managing those expectations and different wishes and desires for the process. Do you see much of that in contrasting your two careers? Obviously, different clients will have sort of different levels of experience. You know, you may be working with international clients who have very little idea about what English law issues may relate to their case. And you have to sort of, it's, it's probably a better idea to go into a lot more detail and explain 
how and why things are being approached in the way that they're being approached here. For instance, we've been working with a Russian client recently and the, the Russian legal system when it comes to things like freezing injunctions and so on there are far stricter thresholds under English law than when you try and get the equivalent in Russia. And so it's about sort of managing what the client expects and demands from you within England as compared to what they're used to being able to achieve in their jurisdiction. So, yes, so I think you have to approach things and and think about what the client's experiences are and bear that in mind when you are dealing with that client and, and explaining a particular situation to them and, and how you're you're planning to, to tackle that for them. So the two worlds are perhaps not quite as uh, separate as they might first okay. appear. <laughs> um, b- before we wrap up, what piece of work when from your time as a composer are you most proud of? What do you look back on as the, the pinnacle of what you did? Oh gosh. Um... Uh, I enjoyed the Premier League music, but I think because my roots were classical and I sort of turned my hand to other genres over time, um, I'd say pro- probably the, uh, the the Eurovision uh, piece of music I wrote was uh, was that was a really enjoyable experience. I got to conduct, which was something I never generally get to do otherwise, and it was in a beautiful setting. We ended up it was a a big live outdoor event uh, in the shadow. of Cologne Cathedral in the evening with uh, a few thousand people watching and uh, being broadcast to the world and yeah it was uh, an amazing experience to be involved with that one. Very good. Well, thanks, Mark, very much for joining us today for the Private Wealth and Charities podcast, for letting us into uh, the background to your previous career and the parallels with your current one. Thank you. And um, we will be back soon with further Herbert Smith Freehills Private Wealth and Charities podcast.